Hey there, just a quick reminder, we have a mentorship program if you're looking for personalized coaching and mentorship to help guide you to the next level of your interior design business, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's processes and procedures or what services to offer to how to incorporate wellness, intention, or spirituality into your projects, come join us over at designcoven.com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash joy. You're listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. This is a podcast that guides you as a new or inspiring independent interior designer navigating your entrepreneurial path. Here with my over 20 years experience, I will share my holistic approach to design with intention and ancient practices, including feng shui, all incorporating mind, body, and spirit into my design projects. You will also learn from seasoned interior designers as they give strategies and insight of how they built their businesses and continue to work in the field. Together, we will discover supportive trade partners, new ideas, creatives, and inspiring artists from around the world. I'm your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford. Welcome back to episode 66 of the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. And today we are talking about creating ancestor altars or altars honoring those that have passed. And we're going to go into why we do this, how to do it. So let's go ahead and um, open up our, our space. I'm going to light a candle just to connect with the energies of communication, creativity with all of you. Really setting intention for today. And then, of course, I'm going to pull a card. And today's card is going to be an Oracle card. I've been using... The deck um, Seasons of the Witch Samhain Oracle for October this month just because it's been super fun. I've been pulling these cards in my Instagram and we're going to pull a card today. Now this is an Oracle deck so it's not a tarot deck and Oracle decks have a lot more freedom. I may be reading from the book itself because with Oracle the author gets to um, create their own interpretations of their cards. There's no one way of doing it. So it'd be really beautiful to get their interpretation of the card that we pulled today. Yeah, let's go ahead and pull. <clears throat> today we have intuition. You hold the answers, you know the truths. Ancient ones await behind the doors of the mind. So our card is intuition. And let's just see what we have here. Um, the keywords are feeling, inner sight, and visualization. Intuition is one of your superpowers that you come into this life with to help you navigate the human experience. Intuition is something that you feel rather than think or see, and it cannot be perceived with the rational mind. Within those feelings, you will find answers for everything from what to eat to whether you should go on a date to who you can trust. Your intuition is always 100%, offering you wisdom and guidance in the form of how you feel. You're being asked to develop your second sight further when you're holding the intuition card. You must learn to navigate the world through your spiritual GPS rather than relying on your rational mind to show you the way. 
The ego plays an important role, but should be guided by your intuition, the higher self. The ego and your intuition should work together to help you approach life through both logic and feeling. There is nothing in this life that can be accomplished with one or the other. Your intuition is your driver. Your ego is the car. Both are needed to get you to your destination. Now it's intuition. It's a beautiful card. Okay. So getting back to ancestor altars, this is the time of year where we've got Samhain, Halloween, Day of the Dead, uh, All Souls Day, all coming around this time of year. This is when the veil, as we say, is thin. And this is the veil between the worlds, being able to connect with our loved ones, our ancestors, those that have passed. So I like to create altars in this way to honor the ones that have passed both this year and the years past. It's a way to reconnect with our family, our friends and our pets that have, have also passed. And I just had another friend pass this past week. So, um, yeah, it's just a way to really honor them and connect with them. And so I invite you to create an, an altar in your home with your family, with your loved ones. I'm going to be connecting or creating an altar with um, our family, our boys. I really enjoy creating the altar for our family and our beloved pets that have passed. We just had one pass this year due to a coyote. So um, yeah, lots of sort of loss this year and, and last. So really connecting with those. You can offer this to your clients as well as a way to connect with them, to give them um, some meaning this time of year. I would invite you to maybe check and see if there's anything in your own culture or heritage that they would do to honor the passing of others from that year or the years past, you know, to, to incorporate any correspondences or sacred herbs, oils, and that kind of thing into your practice. People ask, well, where do I create the altar? What's the location? And I definitely would say I, I like to place my altars a bit higher up. So maybe on a bookshelf or on top of something that's, that's high or a table, you want to make sure it's out of the way of little kids so that they don't disturb it, so that pets don't disturb it. And we have, you know, curious kitties. So make sure that those things are, are put away. And also you want to make sure it's in a place that you're going to see it. Altars are made to be seen. They're made for you to pass by every day. So make sure you're putting it somewhere where you're going to be able to connect with it on a daily basis. You don't want to tuck it away somewhere where you're never going to see it and it gets sort of stale and dusty and that kind of thing. Um, the other thing I like to incorporate with, you know, placement for the altar is using feng shui practices. So the East is the direction of family and ancestors. So if you're looking at a place in your home, you can go to the east side of your home, or if you've got a particular room, you can go to the east side of that room, or if you've got, you know, a tabletop, maybe put it on the east side of that tabletop. If you wanted to incorporate another layer, um, the east side, like I said, is connected to family. When would you want to do this? You can do this anytime during the month of October. I think it's really beautiful. This is, again, is when this portal space is close. And I'm talking about the upper hemisphere here with this time of year. The southern hemisphere is going through their portal, um, which is Beltane or the life portal. And if you're in the upper hemisphere, that would have been at May 1st. So there's a couple of portals sort of going on um, in the upper hemisphere. We've got 
Halloween, Samhain, and that kind of thing. And that's sort of the portal to death. And then on the other side of the world, the, the Southern Hemisphere, we've got the portal of life happening. So you can even create an, an altar for, you know, new beginnings, life. You know, they're going through spring and here we are in info in the upper hemisphere. Okay, so I would, you know, pick October, pick Halloween, the first day of November, second day of November, if there's anything that sits with you culturally or within your beliefs, you know, you want to take a look at the calendar. So what would you want to put on your altar year once you've picked out the placement of where it's going to go? I like to incorporate a lot of pictures, a family, friends, my pets. I'll even put, you know, my, my past cats, ashes, or, you know, if you have ashes from others onto your space, I like to incorporate different elements. So I'm always uh, making sure that I have a candle. I have incense for air. I have water with fresh flowers and earth. So I'm mixing water and earth together. I'm going to have fresh flowers along with the water that's in the flowers, or you can have just open water, nice clean water as an offering. Um, you also might want to look and just see if there's any flowers that correspond with this time of year. And of course, we see all the marigolds and the mums that are kind of around that have the association with connection with those that have passed. And then the other thing I will be putting on my altar are favorite foods, desserts, drinks that our past loved ones really enjoyed when they were here on earth. So I know my grandfather loved his beer, so I will definitely have a can for him there. But yeah, just really checking in to see if there's any things that they really enjoyed while they were here to honor them with those offerings. So what you're going to want to do um, to make this altar is you're going to want to set aside time to fully be present. You're going to want to turn off your phone, turn off any distractions so that you're completely present with creating this altar. It is a sacred act that you will be engaging in. You're going to want to gather all your materials. So make sure you go to your store, you get all your materials, you get everything together. You've got it all in one space and you're going to want to include your family. So loved ones, uh, your children, your partners, other friends would be really beautiful. So you're going to invite them all over and then you're going to, um, you know, maybe put a cloth down and set some intention of connection with them. And one of the things that I like to use in my altars are layers. So you want to want to layer things. You can stack books, you can get boxes. So you want to stack things so that things are above another. So it's not just one flat space. You're going to want to, you know, have those things at different layers. And then the other thing you're going to want to make sure that you have before doing this is that you have the time to keep up with the altar. So you want to make sure that you light your candle in the evening, light your incense. You're going to want to make sure that you are able to change out that water. You don't want stale water. You want to keep your water nice and clean. Um, you're going to want to pull out anything that is dying. So if you've got flowers that are beautiful and fresh and some of them start to welt, make sure that you pulled out the welting flowers and just keeping it nice and tidy. And you're going to want to dust it and clean it off throughout this time that it's up. And then uh, when it's time for takedown, that's going to be up to you as to figure out when you want to take it down. And you want to take it down before it starts to get stale or before you start to, you know, ignore it. You don't want to ignore your altar. So taking down with intention. So just like you did when you place the altar, you're going to want to set aside time to be really intentional and really present. So again, releasing any distractions, you're going to come back to the altar, think, your ancestors for visiting you at this time and then you can slowly start to take it away dust things off and put things away right away you don't want to dismantle it and have things kind of strewed about you know without care um i should say 
So yes, I invite you to create this altar this time of year if you have time to be with it intentionally and keeping up with the maintenance of it. I'd love to see your altars. I was just recently in Mexico and I started seeing some altars going up, you know, for the Day of the Dead. And um, it was really beautiful. So I would love to see photos of your altars. I'll be sharing mine on the Instagram. And yeah, let me know how it goes. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. But yes, have fun creating your altars. This is a time of celebration and to honor those that have passed and uh, reconnect with their beautiful energy, you know, and just giving thanks to all of them. Take care. You've been listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. If it's one that you have been enjoying, please share with anyone else that you think can benefit from this knowledge and leave us a five-star review that helps us get seen and found by other new and aspiring interior designers. And if you're looking for mentorship, I invite you to join our club here at the Design Coven. It's a bridge between school and real life interior design. We get in much deeper there. We have virtual and in-person events. So everyone is welcome. You don't need to have a design degree to be part of it. Just an interest in holistic interior design. I also want to thank our editor, Marcy Ferry, Blake Barris for all of her special help with the podcast, our social media posts, newsletter, and lastly, Kinseth Thibodeau, who is our music composer. Until next time, be well, and we will see each other soon.